We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We enter your throne of grace. <clears throat> we enter. We enter your gates with thanksgiving. Your courts with praise. We worship you, Father, because you ransomed us through your Son. Thank you. Thank you that you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your Son that you love. Thank you. I pray for more and more truth by the Holy Spirit to enter our hearts so we may know you in the depth of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for rest upon the whole congregation. I pray for breakthrough upon the congregation. I pray for restoration upon the congregation. I pray for deliverance upon the congregation. In Jesus' name, we declare this by faith. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're here with us, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring healing and the true love of Jesus in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How are we all today? We good? Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank God for your life. Thank God for your life. Who's ready for today? Amen. Probably the most powerful topic that I'll ever speak about is this topic here. Out of all the topics that I've preached since I got saved, this is the most powerful topic. Because it's through here where you're truly changed. Amen. Is the internet safe? Internet safe today? Every time I get up to preach, something happens with the internet. <clears throat> I've been speaking about how your new nature is formed. I preached about a couple of weeks ago the difference between the new man, the new man is is instant <coughs> transformation or a transition because of Jesus at the cross. We become a new creation. But there's a difference between a new man and a new nature. And we are not to get him confused. Because the new nature is based on how you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And how he gets into the depth of your heart and your mind and begins to change you. So the new man is based by the blood of Jesus, amen, and the new nature is based on the Holy Spirit's work inside of you.
Very important that we know this. One speaks of salvation, one speaks of the work inside of you for here, the life that you live on earth. The greater you know the Holy Spirit, the greater you walk in Jesus on earth. So this is very important for every person to understand. I can't picture my life without the Holy Spirit. And I always tell people every week, I always look for God's voice. Because when you hear the Holy Spirit, everything comes alive. And when we begin our journey, we are students of the Word. And it's true. We have to be students of the Word. Uh, Paul speaks about it to Titus or to Timothy, that we are to be approved by the Word of God. But then when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll speak to you personally. And it's a beautiful place because it links in accordance with the Scriptures. You start to see what the Holy Spirit so interested with. The inward work the Holy Spirit's interested with. <clears throat> you know, the Bible says we have to give an account for our own life, no one else's life. And that shows you the intimacy that the Holy Spirit wants to have with every believer. If there's something that shaped me to be the person I am today, it's this topic here. And I can't tell you how powerful it is. And I can't tell you how your new nature develops from this. So, today, <coughs> you see the marks of a true Christian. What's the first thing? What's the first thing that comes to you when you read this? Can we have the microphone? Yeah? Just to work the crowd. Eamon, you want to say something? <laughs> uh, what's the first thing that comes to you? And the people that saw my notes, they can't. So what's the first thing that comes to you when you see the marks of a true Christian? Uh, so it's the microphone. Someone pass it to you. You know, the internet want to hear you. We can put you on camera if you like as well. <laughs> Being born again. Being born again, amen. So when you read this, the marks of a true Christian, there's no such thing as Christian in the Bible. They were identified as the people of the way. But if you were to understand the people of the way, what's the first thing you pick up on? Uh, microphone. <laughs> so if you said something, you have sound microphone. The fruits. The fruits, amen. Close, getting close. Amen. The truth. Truth, Jesus. Amen. Truth, Jesus, yes, he's the center of everything. Raymond. Praying in tongues. 
praying in tongues. Amen. Walk in a love. Walking in love. Well done. You got it right, bro. <laughs> I promoted you, and you come. That don't do that. We go to first, first John, chapter four. Can I tell you something? The first year of my journey, I had several encounters with the Lord. I can't tell you each encounter what it brought me. If there was a definition for love that I felt deep down inside my spirit, it was that. It's the love that actually transforms you. It's not something you learn. It's a gift that's given to you. And it stems all from the cross. And I'm going to show you here in the scriptures of how important it is to get a grasp of the love of God. And can I say it like this? Can I say it like this? Love is not something you read about. Love is something you encounter. The Holy Spirit is full of encounters. But every time he lets you encounter Jesus, love follows. The first time that I saw Jesus Christ, I cried for six months. You know why? Because I didn't know a love like that existed. So many people, so many people tell me, what's the secret to you becoming like this? And it's not a boastful statement, I say it humbly. The core of me becoming who I am is because I got to touch the cross where love flows. And love always has an opposition, love always has an enemy. Where you have a time to be bitter, to hate, to hold on to grudges, hold on to bitterness. Love covers, what does it cover? A multitude of sin. Love is the the antidote to any venom of the enemy. And it's true. Unless you encounter Jesus, you will never encounter the love that allows you to lay your life down for Christ. You can't unless you experience it for yourself. So I'm going to show you here (coughs) why was John called John the Beloved? Because he got a taste of the love of God. And isn't that powerful that once he was called John the Beloved, he he got to write about the depths of his love. And isn't it interesting, Jesus says he will not die until he sees me again. When did he see him? When did he see him? Revelation. He saw him revelation. He got to see everything. So let's have a look. He's saying beloved now. He's speaking to 
the ones who are born from above, born again in Christ. Now look what he says here. It's interesting. I'll read it for you and I'll break it down. He said, Beloved, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born and knows God. That's the first statement of you becoming born from above. What is birthed in you? The love of God. But you know there's multi-layers of the love of God and what it does for you and what He produces in you? Do you know that? You know, you know the final destination of love got people killed. If you want to talk the deepest levels of the love of God, they were able to lay down their life because they knew what true love is. I'm talking gospel now. And believers around the world that are dying for Christ, not here. But love got them killed. But isn't that so powerful that they got to know the love of God that allowed them not to worry about their own life anymore? That's the final destination of love. But the first destination of love is understanding where you get it from. Because love, what does love lead to? God disciplines those. Yeah, there's, there's, there's levels of love. Imagine you don't get the love that brings you comfort, restoration, healing, happiness, joy. How can you accept discipline? You can't. So there's stages that you go, go through to receive this love. And then after, after he speaks about discipline, God, God says, don't get discouraged when I rebuke you. But love tells you that everything happens in the perfect time. There are stages of God's love. And guess what happens in the beginning of your journey if you're not established in love? What is the true motive behind your walk with God? If it's not love, it's not Christ. And why so many people can't bear the right fruit in, in, the, in the image of Christ is because love hasn't been the fuel in how they begin. And I just want you to take it easy on me today. But I just want to share with you, before you do anything, you have to fall in love with Jesus Christ. And it's the truth. Everything you do is pure after that. But I share with you, true love allows you to actually deny yourself. Because you know there's sometime someone greater loving you than you can ever love yourself. It's love. So let's read it here. This first verse, he says, a lot of people say, Lord, I want to know you. Love is the key. Look at it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, the first verse, he says, you're going to know him. There's a promise there. Next scripture. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Next one. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the preparation for our sins. So you see here the key? It's not that you love Him. It's not the strength that you have to serve Him. It's not the strength that you have to be devoted to Him. It's the strength 
in how much you receive from him. How much you receive from him through encounters with the Holy Spirit and through Jesus revealing himself to you determines how far you go. And it's the truth. It is the truth. How you receive from him determines how far you go. A lot of people do it the other way. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do things for God to prove how much I love him. It's actually the opposite. How much you receive from him gives you the fuel to do more for him. It's, it's actually the truth. And I learned this, to be honest, I learned this in the secret place. How much he loves me. In the secret place, all my time invested was me and him. There I cried tears of joy, uh, tears of victory, uh, tears that I've been adopted. And I'm not my own anymore. I have someone who loves me that's greater than anyone in this world. <coughs> so here it promises us in the first verse that we're going to know God by what he's done at the cross. Here he says in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the preparation for our sins. Isn't it interesting? What gives you the key to actually overcome sin and, to, and, and for him to take sin away from you determines how much love you receive. So many people wrestling with their sinful nature, wrestling with the world, wrestling with their rebellious nature is because they're lacking love. When you know how much he loves you, you don't want to indulge in your old nature anymore. And that is, the, that is the key to actually obedience. The key to obedience is love. It all stems from one place, what Jesus done at the cross. And doesn't it come back to the, the, the ultimate sacrifice that he done for us? Of the depths of how much he loves us. Nothing can change you other than this. I do things differently in the Lord now, very differently. But in the beginning, I had, to, I had to receive his love. And every encounter brought me love that freed me. Next scripture. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see the transition? What you receive from the cross, you can give it. The reason why people cannot give what's inside them because they're lacking what Jesus done at the cross. And keep going. Now look what he says here. The first verse, he says you're going to know God. Now he talks about seeing God. You see the difference? The first verse that I read, everyone who loves knows God. Now he's saying you're going to see him. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another... God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Now, not many times he talks about something being perfected in you. But isn't that interesting that when we have love, we can see like Christ? And when you can see like Christ, that's, that's the key and the entry to the kingdom of God. Because everything you do, you do not to glorify Jesus, but you're doing it out of one motive— the motive, it's, it's your consciousness is clear. You're doing it out of love. There's no flesh involved there. 
You're not doing it to be known or to be a show-off. You're doing it for love. Next scripture. By this we know that we abide in him and in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Isn't that an interesting statement? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, let's stop there. It says here, love has been perfected among us in that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why did he say in the day of judgment? Why? Why did he say in the day of judgment now? He started with knowing God, with seeing God, and now he talks about judgment. Why? Why would he say the day of judgment we have boldness? You know why? Because our motive is the love of God. There's no fear when you know you've represented God in knowing him and seeing him through this world. You know you'll go, in, you'll go to the area, in that place of judgment, receiving your rewards. The Bimisi judgment. You receive all your rewards. You know why? Because your motive is done in love. There's no fear in that place anymore. And then the next scripture he says, there is no fear in love. Because you've given all yourself. Because when you love God, you've given all yourself to him. He says, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. It does. Knowing that you lived a life outside of God's love, it's a selfish life. True? It is. Because when you look at the love of God, if you love me, you keep my commands. If you love me, you lay down your life for me. You start to see all the, all the um, definitions of true love of God. Another part of you is given to him. And there's no more fear in that place anymore because your life, it's a living sacrifice. There's no more fear. When you, you, there's no fear of death anymore because you know you've given all your life to Christ. You read it in context, you'll see it. Knowing God, seeing God, you come to judgment now, you rejoice. Everything you've done is through the love of God. You'll receive a rich welcome in heaven. We love him, he takes us back again to the cross. We love him because he, you see, he started with the cross, he finishes with the cross. Is any of your effort involved there? He says, for you to love others and for you to give up yourself, you have to receive what he done at the cross and again go back to what he done for you at the, at the cross because that is our victory. <coughs> so let's look at the first one, knowing God through love. I think it's very important that we understand this. Can I say something to you? So many believers, they struggle to pray. They struggle to read the word of God. They struggle to fellowship with the Lord on a daily basis. You know the real issue? 
through the heaven tasted his love. Because it's not how hard you pray. It's not how hard you read. It's not how hard you try to serve the Lord. It's based on how much you receive his love that allows you to surrender fully to his purpose. And it's true. I saw him with my own eyes. And I can't tell you, the only definition was love entering my heart. And I don't say it to, I don't say it for any other way but to show you the experience is real. Every experience brought love. Any place of healing, restoration, breakthroughs, deliverance, all based out of his love. And I can't tell you what it done for me to the person I am today. And that experience is for everyone. He's no respecter of man. He doesn't show favoritism. When you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And it's true. But imagine that statement in itself, when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. It's based out of hunger. You have to be hungry for him. And I'm telling you, I moved every rest uh, restriction, limitation that I may encounter the Lord for my own life, just because I wanted him for my own life. So knowing God through love, we'll go to Romans 5.8. Now look here. If your journey is based from this place, you will never take a wrong step. If your journey begins with the sacrifice of Jesus, you can undergo discipline, you can be obedient to his commands, you can be obedient to his word, there'll be a ripple effect and a healthy fruit for you to prosper. Now look at this, but God demonstrated his own love for us in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that a statement in itself what pulls and dismantles sin from your life? is understanding that while you were in the filth of this world, Christ went willingly for you. It shows you where true breakthrough is. We, we go to the next one, John 3.16. We all know the scripture. Yes? Thanks, brother. <laughs> so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So one deals with salvation, one deals with your sinful nature. You see that? We go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. I spoke last week about mercy. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So you see the, you see the, you see the perfect recipe for you to kickstart your journey is understanding his mercy, as I spoke about last week, and his love. That is, your, that is the place that you are to walk in. I can't tell you what it done for me. It allowed me to be faithful in every season and be fully committed no matter what comes my way because I know that he loves me. 
And when I know that he loves me, I'm safe in his hands. I trust him. Because when someone's loved, what happens? Trust is built. When trust is built, what happens to that person? They lay down their life. Because you know the safest person to give your life to is Jesus. And it's actually the truth. There's no regret in it, and it lasts forever. Now, this, this will shock you. So the Holy Spirit showed me the first stage of faith that is needed from a believer. You want to see it? Because we've never seen it like this. Some people think, I need faith to cast out demons, or I need faith to heal the sick, or I need faith to prophesy, or I need faith to be used to be a vessel for God. Here, he shows us something different. We need faith for something much more powerful than all of them. And I read it to you. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50, whoever wants to follow. Now, this is interesting because the Holy Spirit showed me the first key that faith is needed for a believer. And when you see, you say, well, do I have faith in what I'm going to say now? Have I, do I have faith to actually receive what he done? Now, let's read it. Luke seven thirty six to 50. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, bought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were, if he were a prophet, would know and what matter of woman this is who is touching me, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of, which of them will love him more. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom you forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Faith. You need faith to be forgiven? Have you ever seen it like that? People look at the cross and... Jesus, you love me, you're wonderful. Jesus wants you to have faith 
to be healed and forgiven. The first stage of faith is here for a sinner. You need faith to be forgiven. That's why so many people continuously walk in guilt, unworthiness and condemnation because they haven't touched faith to be forgiven. I hope you see this. Why someone walks in guilt, unworthiness, rejection, and continues to go in and out of the world is because they haven't received faith to be forgiven. He said, your faith has saved you. She had faith to be forgiven. Isn't that interesting? She had faith to be given that produced what? True love. Which produced transformation. Isn't it the key? You see the key? You have faith to be forgiven. That allows you to love him more. That allows you to transform into his love. And you begin to think, what allows me to be half-hearted? Or what allows me not to give all myself to God? Because I haven't received faith to be forgiven. Because someone who has faith to be forgiven means the old life, it's passed away. It's passed away. It's erased from you. The Bible says that we are new creatures like aliens. It's like we just touched the earth. That's how Jesus wants us to walk in the newness of life. But it's interesting here how the Holy Spirit took me this direction. That the first, the first principle of faith is to be forgiven. You're forgiven. Every single thing that you've done in the past is forgiven. Isn't that interesting that when Satan, he flies... He flies around wounds and wounds that are open where trauma, where pain, where hurt, where rebellion, where all bad decisions are. He flies there and keeps reminding you of your past. Keeps reminding you of your wrongdoing. And someone who can receive healing or forgiveness in this place? But what did Jesus do? He bandages what? He bandages your wounds. So the, so the flies can't fly around that anymore. He heals those wounds. You need to understand this. Because if you don't get the beginning right, how can you flourish and prosper in the future? You can't. You always go back to that very place that you're lacking. Very important that you know this. And when I saw this, I said, wow, we need faith to be forgiven. And that comes back to sincere repentance. That lady was sincere. You see what she done? She was very sincere. And I'll share something with you. When Jesus healed me and forgave me from things that I suffered from all my life, they were taken away, never to be brought again to my attention. That's when you know true healing has entered your heart, when they're taken away. They're taken from your conscience, they're taken from your soul and your spirit. And you live now in the renewal of your mind every day. So what allows you what's the basis of you loving God more? It's how you receive forgiveness at the cross. And the one who can't give his life in a little way, it's because he lacks love that truly brings forgiveness from the cross. Can you see the pattern that kickstarts your journey into being something amazing for the Lord? Can you see it? Because believe me, if you don't have love, the enemy will crush you. This world will crush you. And it's true. If, you, if you're not birthed in the love of God, the enemy and this world will trample on you. 
because you won't be able to stand at the persecution that comes your way when you accept Jesus and begin to preach the gospel. Now, let's go here. This is an interesting one. Let's go to Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. Now, this is the church. Jesus is talking here to the church of Ephesians. And it's very interesting here how the Holy Spirit connected something for me from St. Paul's teaching. Now, we're talking about love here, right? Now, this is, it's interesting. When I read all the letters in Revelations, you start to see what every church lacked. And you start to read this and you say, well, it's interesting. But where did that begin from? Did Jesus just come at the end and say, you all lack love? No, he was trying to get to them from the beginning. In the epistles. I'm going to read them to you both. Revelation chapter 2 verse 1 to 7. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, says who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Sounds good, right? Sounds good, all the things that we're doing. Look at the very thing that God wanted to touch. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent now. He's talking about repentance now. Please, I want you to get this. The lack of repentance is based on the lack of love that you receive. I want you to get this, please. The lack of repentance comes from the lack of love that you received from the cross. Look what it says here. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. So what was the issue with true repentance? They lost, or they weren't birthed in the love that truly transforms you. Can you see this? Can everyone see this? Okay. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. I'll, I will speak about that one day. It's from the book of Jude, about that statement itself. Who, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, now you start to see. What gives you the authority to repent and overcome? The love of God. To him uh, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. 
So you start to see the lack of repentance comes from the lack of love that you receive from the cross. And it's so important that you understand the foundation has to be right for you to move forward. Okay, now let's go to Ephesians. So this was written, who was speaking here? The Spirit of God, through Jesus Christ, who was speaking to them. And look what Paul said here in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 18. Now, Paul was speaking about wolves coming and destroying the flock. He was saying that you'll probably never see me again. And look at the prayer that he prayed before he went to where he was going to go. Um, look at the prayer that he prayed. Now, he's praying here. And this is from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. He says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in the love. may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now you start to see here, you start to see here, Paul's prayer, what was he dealing with? He's speaking to the church of the Ephesus or the Ephesians people. What was he saying to them? Get a hold of the love of God. And what did Jesus uh, do in Revelations? He said the very thing that Paul was trying to instill in them, the very thing that they didn't reach. Can you see this, anyone? Can you see this? That the very thing that transforms you, they didn't get a hold of that revelation, and then Jesus had to come in, <laughs> in the letters and correct the church again. That the only thing that transforms you and that keeps you doing the very things that you've done in the beginning is the love of God. And he was dealing with them. Paul dealt with them, and it's, a, it's even a harder thing to get Jesus to deal with you in the book of Revelations. But can you see what God is trying to get into? The love that's in your heart. The love, the faith that you have to be forgiven. I'm telling you, the portal that keeps the flesh operating the portal that keeps the flesh dictating you, the portal that keeps you in the world, is you haven't truly understood what Jesus has done at the cross for you. And you need faith to be forgiven. Whoever saw that they, have, they need faith to be forgiven? What an what a, what a approach to Jesus, Lord, I want to change. It gives you a desire of how much we are to hate the sin that we are to live in. Okay.
I'll give you a pr little preview of where I'm going with this, and I'll talk about this a little bit, because I feel like a lot's given. I spoke about the seven levels of spiritual faith, yes? The seven spiritual levels of faith. The first one, babe. Second one's little child. Third one is children. Fourth one is young man. Fifth one is sons. Sixth one is fathers. Seven one is elders. Now pay attention to this. Because you start to see from the scripture I'm going to show you now how Jesus couldn't promote anyone until they had the foundation of love. From the beginning. He couldn't even promote them in the kingdom until the love was established. Because you'll destroy people and you'll destroy yourself. But I want you to see it from the scriptures. And you say, well, I thought he's talking just about a little baby. He's talking about your spiritual level of faith or your spiritual maturity or your immaturity. I want you to see this. I'm going to give you a little preview and I'm going to stop. So we go to John chapter 13, verse 30 to 35. It's very important because you can have a compass of where you're going with the Lord. John chapter 13, verse 30 to 35. Now look what he says here. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If, if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him immediately. <laughs> is he talking to adults? Is he talking to adults? He's talking to their spiritual level. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, look at the level of what he's trying to instill in his disciples. A new commandment I give to you, that you, you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. He's speaking to adults, isn't he? He's speaking to their spiritual level. I'll show you. First John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 to 9. Now look where love focuses on. Look where the love of God focuses on. I'm just going to read you little children a little bit and I'm going to stop. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him or known him. Little children. Now look what the area of the love of God needs to focus on. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. 
for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So you see the first pattern? He deals with loving one another. Now the second pattern of the love of God is to deal with your sinful nature. And you begin to see now, okay, love is getting a bit more firmer now of what I want to focus on inside of me. Okay. We go here, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. I just want to give you a little glimpse of what God focuses on on every level of faith. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children. What did, where's the area of the love of God working now? On beginning to open your heart for those who need. You start to see the level of a little child. He's, he's, <laughs> he's withholding or he's struggling to give what he has. Now look what it says in my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. But you start to read all the different levels, you say, well, well, I'm, I'm humbled now. I need to really focus on moving forward in the things of God. But what is the foundation? It's love. But you start to see, if that's the second level of a person's journey, how much more of myself do I have to give? It's a result of how much love that you receive. The things that I do now, I wasn't doing five years ago because I grew in his, his love. Do you understand what is the power? The power is his love. And it's, it's leveled. It's, it's, it's multi-layered. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You start to see, have I opened up? Have I opened up my bank account? Have I opened up everything that I have for the Lord? And you start to see, am I still selfish? Am I still greedy? Am I still trying to focus on myself? You begin to see. I'll share something with you. I'll share a little testimony regarding this. I went and saw a lady... Uh, is Chris here? Not Chris, sorry. Chris Essex? No, he's not here. Third year of my journey. The third year of my journey. I went to a lady, she had cancer. She had cancer um, and she had her toes all amputated. And it's, it's an amazing testimony. My worker, he was an atheist. And all my workers were preaching the gospel in my company. And he said to me, can I tell you something, bro? I'll work with you. Don't tell me anything about Jesus. I said, no problem, bro. I won't share nothing to you about Jesus. He goes, all your workers are telling me that you preach the gospel. I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. Word for word. And he was very angry. So his mom was very sick. They couldn't treat her heart for cancer because uh, for um, the, what do they call it? The, what's that, sorry? 
Her, no, she had cancer, but they couldn't treat her around the heart because she, she had a weak heart. So they didn't do the treatment. Chemo. 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 Yeah. So they didn't do the chemo. <laughs> so they couldn't do the chemo. And can I say it humbly? It was that week, and I'm not saying my giving um, ushered the power or my giving opened the door for the portal. It was the love that I had for him opened the portal. It was a love that bring the power that I was willing to give all that I have to Christ. And it was in that time that I said, Lord, even what I have in my bank account, it's yours. And who would be scared to say that? Knowing they'll go with lack or they'll, they would struggle in their life. People would think, I can't say that because if I give everything to Christ, what's there for me? But you see God differently. It's only when you give, he gives. <laughs> and I'll tell you the truth. So the Holy Spirit showed me she had a trolley. The Holy Spirit showed me Chris was with me in the car. The Holy Spirit showed me they were all atheists in the house. And the, the atheist worker, he said, bro, listen. He goes, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. But if your Jesus works, come to my house, pray for my mom. That's what he said to me. I said, bro, I'll, I'll be there, no problem. And I went. And on the way there, the Holy Spirit showed me she was walking with a trolley in, in the car. The Holy Spirit showed me that she was walking with a trolley going past, um, I don't know it was whether it was a Coles or a Woolies or an IJ, I don't know. But I saw that she was going past there to get food, but she didn't have enough money to go there to get food. Instead, she went and got her prescription, her medicine. And he showed me that she had a bit of rice crackers on her trolley and that she went to the chemist to get her medicine, which cost a couple hundred dollars. And she's a pensioner and she's in her 70s. And what happened was I got to the house and I saw that her husband, <laughs> you'll freak out. I saw that her husband, the atheist child, when she was pregnant with the atheist child, he bashed the child in, in the wound to get rid of the child. And he ended up growing up hating God. And I got there, and they were looking at me, and I'm saying, like, Holy Spirit, wh what am I supposed to do? He said, take the $1,000 that you pulled out and tell her this, that the trolley that you walked past from where you were going to get your medicine the trolley that you was meant to be full, but you instead filled it up with medicine, tell her she can fill up her trolley now because I've come for her. And the Holy Spirit hit her, and she fell to the ground in, in, in a trance by the Holy Spirit, and the cancer left in that moment. I can't tell you, Chris was with me as a witness, every atheist started to clench their teeth. They started to clench their teeth. The Spirit of God came in the house and they were crying and repenting. And the man got baptized, the atheist guy. <laughs> he came to me three weeks later. He ran from the basement. He ran from the basement and he ran. He jumped on me and he hugged me. He said, I, I want Jesus. My mom is healed. And the, and the wife... And he was in the basement... I nearly got kicked from the job site. <laughs> I was in the basement. And I said, don't worry, I pray for you now. And I prayed. And the Holy Spirit came over him. He's speaking in tongues. And he got saved. 
But what was it? It was the love that ushered the power. It wasn't a money thing. It was the love that I have for him, Jesus Christ, that allowed that woman to get touched. So what's blocking you from touching people? It's the love that touches you, that allows you to give up what you have for him. Can you see it? The lady got healed from diabetes and cancer. And Chris was my witness in that. I'm just that this, this mission just came to me now. Because I was out nearly a couple of days a week. And he sh God showed me that the reason why he hates God because he saw his father figure like God and he cursed him. And the one that, the husband, he, he left the house. He left them all. They live in a housing commission. He was bashing the kid that hated God that ended up giving his life back to Christ. And I share with you, I live for these testimonies because that's God coming to the people. I live for this. But you know what, what was the breakthrough? Me stepping out, Lord. What I have, it's really for you because if every blessing does come from God, it really belongs to him. Doesn't it? So I'm going to stop here. I stop here. But I share this testimony. Every atheist, all the daughters, the guy, they were clenching their teeth, those spirits that were harassing them to remain non-believers or to, live, to be in atheism. They got delivered, each one of them. The love of God came into that place and the guy gave his heart to the Lord and he told me the moment we prayed it all got eliminated, no um, chemo, she was too old, she had a frailed heart because she smoked all her life and the lady got healed, that's Jesus, but what, what is the door that's blocking him from moving in us, the love that we have that allows us to surrender everything to him and it gets you thinking. Why can't, I, why can't I surrender my life to you? It's a result of the cross and it's a result of the forgiveness and the love that you have a lot for him that allows you to go the distance. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. It's beautiful to know that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, today and forever that he's willing to touch any person. Every situation is different, but he's willing to touch every person. And believe me, if there was one person I would think that it wouldn't work for, it was myself. But through his love, I matured. To know, you know the Bible says that you've been bought at a price. You know the other word? It means you've been rented on, on earth. You've been leased on earth. The Bible says you've been bought at a price. The other Greek word, it's you've been like leased. You're on lease from heaven. You know when you see yourself like that, you take your life so serious. We are leased from heaven to earth to represent Jesus and bring his glory on earth. When you see yourself like that, you won't see yourself very little. You won't see yourself very little. Even religion wants you to see yourself very little. We're, we're, we're seated with him at the right hand of God. But I encourage you to understand the greatest, the greatest place you can reach is by love. If love is the motive, God will be there in every way. 
and I encourage you in the beginning, you need healing, restoration, you need, you need joy, you need peace, you need, you need a sound mind. So many people need love for healing first, love for forgiveness first. Know where you are in your journey and you can know what to get from God. Amen? Very important you know this. Then the love for discipline, love for obedience, love for sacrifice, yeah, it will follow. But know where you are and what you need from God. So let's pray. Let's not, let's not be like the church of Ephesus where Jesus has to come and speak to us that we've forgotten our first love. Because forgetting your first love allows you to go back to the world and not repent from all your heart. So let's pray today for the love of God which is a gift to enter our hearts. And Paul says it like this, that you may know the, the depth, the width, and the height of the love of God. And that is it. That is the message of the cross. If you can get a hold of his love, your life there belongs to him. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. But you loved us first. Thank you. Thank you. It's not how much we do for you, but how much we receive from you. And I pray for your love that transforms us to echo in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I pray for every member here, Lord, that they may taste and see that the, that the, that the Lord is good. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you. Holy Spirit, bring this love into them. Thank you. this love into their hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Remove guilt, condemnation, and sin from their life because of your great love that took you to the cross. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Reshape their mind, Lord. Reshape their thinking to know that God is love. Thank you for your love, Lord. I declare the blood of Jesus over every person. Because of your great love, we have boldness in the day of judgment. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to know you and see you through the cross of love. I pray for every person that they are well nourished and nurtured in your love, that they may be free right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We can't thank him enough. Hallelujah. So that is the message that will change your life forever. And it is the truth. It will change your life forever. Know what it's all about. His love. 